Well, hello, everybody. So glad you joined us today. Welcome, everybody, on social media. Hey, we've been studying about the uh, kings of the Old Testament, kings of Judah, the kings of Israel. And last week, we looked at one of the most evil kings, Ahab, and, of course, his wife, Jezebel. And he, he was in the north in Israel. But today, we want to look at one of the good guys. And he was a king in the south in Judah, and it's Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, of course, every time I read that, I'm always glad I'm not named that. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, he was the son of King Asa, and of course he was a good king. And uh, notice 2 Chronicles verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 3. 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 3 uh, says, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. It's always good when the Lord's with you. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked, now notice, because he walked in the former ways of his father, David. Now, David wasn't his father, but his ancestor. You understand that? And uh, uh, so when the Bible says father, that doesn't mean that he was his actual father, but his ancestor. So he walked in the former ways of his ancestor, David. You know, King David, we studied about him. And, uh, and he did not seek the Baals. And, uh, and that's a good thing. Remember that as false gods, you know, and the Baals were really just, just the devil. Were we not on? You're okay. You can Oh, could, could we not hear the first part? Could we or couldn't we? Okay. So what are you hooking up? Microphone. All right. How do you know they could hear it? I can hear it back there, but it's not good. Oh. It's not okay. All right. All right, well, why don't we start over since we're right here at the beginning. Is that all right? It's better than starting over when you're in the middle. Which, when I shoot these things at home, sometimes I get halfway through and I say something I shouldn't have said, and then I have to go all the way back and re-record. So, so are we up and on? Are we, are we all good? Can everybody hear? Are you good? Well, welcome, everybody. Hello, everybody on social media. Hey, we're studying about the kings of the Old Testament. Last week, it was Ahab. And he was an evil king in the north, and now today one of the good guys, Jehoshaphat. And uh, he was uh, a good king in the south, son of King Asa. And uh, uh, and notice Second Chronicles 17, verse 3. You should have had time to find that by now. It says, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the ways of his ancestor David. He did not seek the Baals. Those were false gods. You know, and but sought. Notice he sought the God of his of, of his father, the, the, you know, God Asa. Asa. Remember, we studied about Asa some weeks ago, and he he uh, was a godly king. And of course, uh, Jehoshaphat is the son of, of of Asa. Now, remember, just because you have a godly king doesn't mean their son was godly. Most of the time, they, they were they weren't. There's more far more evil kings than good kings. Uh, almost all the kings in the north, all of them were, were evil, except one, Jehu, we'll get to him. And he was mixed, some good, some evil. And But in the south, you had, I think, mostly evil kings, but some of them were good. And Jehoshaphat was like his father, uh, Asa, uh, uh, good king, and, uh, and walked in, notice verse 4, and walked in his commandments, not according to the acts of Israel, was Israel, you know, a lot, a lot of evil stuff going on in Israel. We saw that last week, you know, with, uh, with Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, verse 5, Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in Jehoshaphat's hand, and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat, and he had riches and honor and abundance. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord, 
moreover, he removed. I mean, this man, if you really study, he sought the Lord. He, he sought the Lord before he did really anything major. He sought the, 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 uh, the Lord. And you know, that's a lesson to all of us. Before you do anything major, seek the Lord. You know, seek the Lord before you, you know, uh, as to what he wants you to do or not do. And then it says, moreover, he removed the high places and wooden images from Judah. So he was like his father Asa. He was getting rid of, of, of idols and demonic things that had been set up, you know, um, in the past before he came to power, him and his dad. And then look at 1 Kings 22, verse 43. 1 Kings 22, 43, reading in the New Living Translation. Jehoshaphat was a good king, just kind of reiterating here. He was a good king following the example of his father Asa, which we've already said. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. And during his reign, uh, now, now it says here, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines. Uh, and the people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. Actually, what the deal here is, is that he, you know, if you go out, just think about here in the United States, if you went out and tried to get rid of all the evil, you know, if you were the, the president or whatever, and you tried to get rid of all the evil, I mean, you, you know, and, and if the Congress and everybody was supporting you, I mean, you'd be able to get, you know, get, get a lot of it, but it, it'd be hard to get all of it, you know. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, get rid of all the evil in the land. But, but nonetheless, uh, uh, yeah, First Kings 22. Yeah, First Kings 22. And did I say 32? If I did, I meant uh, 22. Uh, but, but the the point here is, is that he was a good king, and he tried to stamp out evil, and he got a lot of it out, but he he wasn't able to get all of it out. But, but he made an effort, and. Uh, and then in verse 44, it says, uh, this is 1 Kings 22, verse 44, Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. And, and we're going to talk about this in just a little bit. You know, it, 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 it seems like a good thing here when we read it, but we'll see that it, it, it really wasn't as good as what it, what it appears to be, uh, because we'll see that he, ha- he made an alliance with uh, uh, Ahab and with his two sons, We'll talk about that in a moment, but he did bring peace with Israel, but it, but it, it cost Jehoshaphat. And, and we'll see, we'll talk about more of that in a moment. But look at verse 46, 1 Kings 22, 46. He banished from the land the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes. See, he was trying to get rid of the, the sin in the land and, uh, and, and, uh, the sexual sin. Uh, he's a king. His dad did the same thing, Asa. And uh, tried to get rid of all of the the, the sexual sin. Uh, what do you think would happen if uh, the president and and the Congress tried to get rid of homosexuality and sexual sin in the United States? You think that they'd meet with any opposition? But I tell you what, it, you know, to to get the the blessing sitting on the United States full and to get the judgment that's pending on the United States to be removed, the judgment of God, you're going to have to tur- turn uh, do away with that same-sex marriage thing and you're going to have to stamp out homosexuality. It's just the blessing of God will never rest on this nation as long as that's accepted. You understand that? As long as abortion's accepted, the full blessing of God will never rest on this nation. You, you just that's just the way it is. Even though that God is, you know, established the nation, blessed the nation, all of that much we could say, the United States. But as long as you got those sins in the land that are accepted, uh, the judgment of God pens. 
But be that as it may, he tried to get rid of and, and did a good job at uh, getting rid of uh, prostitution and, and homosexuality and so on and so forth. So he, he didn't get all of it, but he got a lot of it. And, uh, and as a result, the blessing of God came to Judah. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if, uh, if abortion was, was, was removed from the United States? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if homosexuality and sexual sin was removed and pornography was removed and none of it was here? Wouldn't that be wonderful if God was welcomed back into the public square and the public school? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I tell you what, you'd see, you'd see a peace on this nation. All that, all that violence that you see in the process of time that you see on the news just about every day, it would, it would vanish. It would, it would go away. It would, it would probably take some time because, uh, you know, the, the, the young people have been taught violence and, and godlessness in schools. But I tell you what, if you brought God back into the public school and public square in the process of time, peace would return to this nation. It really, it really would. But be that as it may, that's what happened here in, uh, with, with Judah. And, uh, and, and so we're supposed to learn lessons here from these kings. Um, something else, notice, uh, in 2 Chronicles 17, 2 Chronicles 17, verse 7. Now, Jehoshaphat did something that is very good. Uh, uh, notice here, uh, uh, let's just read this. 2 Chronicles 17, 7. Also in the third year of, of his reign, he sent his leaders, and I'm gonna, he lists their names, I'm gonna not try to read all those names, but he sent his leaders to teach, now notice this, to teach in the cities of Judah. Verse 8. And with them he sent Levites, and with them the priests. Now notice, he's sending out Levites, he's sending out priests, and notice what they did. They went throughout Judah and they taught, notice verse 9, they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. So what he did is he, he, he established a traveling school of teachers that went out into the land of Judah and with the, with the word of God, with the book of the law, and, and they taught in the land because he wanted to bring the word of God to the people. And, uh, and, and they went throughout the, all the cities of Judah and taught the people, verse 10. Now notice what happens when the word of God is taught throughout the land. Now watch this, verse 10. And the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, so they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. I mean, think about that. I mean, it, it certainly brought peace and, and it brought prosperity to Judah, but it also made their enemies afraid of them. You see, and that's why it's so important that that the word of God is taught in the pulpits of America. It's really, really very important. And verse 11, also some of the Philistines. Now, these were these were the enemies of God right here. Notice what they did. They brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver as tribute. Now that I mean, I tell you what, uh, the Bible says when a, when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And Jehoshaphat's ways pleased the Lord. He's one of the greatest kings of all, Jehoshaphat. He loved the Lord. He sought the Lord. The Arabians brought him flocks, and it lists a number of them. And notice verse 12. So Jehoshaphat became increasingly powerful. And it was because he sought the Lord. And this is a lesson we learn from all the kings that sought the Lord. God prospered them and made them strong. And it's a great lesson for all of us to learn. As long as we'll seek the Lord with all of our heart, uh, God will prosper us and make us strong. And on top of that, Second Chronicles 19, go to Second Chronicles 19, verse 4. 
uh, he, he did something else. He not only sent out uh, uh, teachers, you know, preachers in the land to preach the word of God, but he also uh, uh, had high regard for the justice system. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem and he went out, uh, uh, this is Second Chronicles 19.4. So Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountains of Ephraim, and, and brought them back to the Lord, and so on and so forth. Verse 5, then he set judges. He set judges in the land throughout all the fortified cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, he said, take heed to what you are doing, for you do not judge for man, but for the Lord, who is with you in the judgment. Now, therefore, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take care and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, no partiality nor taking of bribes. And so he set up judges. Judges are very important, you know, to any nation. And, 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 and they're a key, uh, to, to, to a nation being, being righteous and, and successful and blessed. Is the, the judges need to be honest. And that's what Jehoshaphat demanded, that the judges all be honest and rule rightly and not take bribes and be like the Lord and show no partiality. And he says in verse 11, at the end of that verse, he says, behave courageously. He, he's telling the judges this as they went about judging the people. Behave courageously and the Lord will be with the good. So let's remember that. Let's be courageous. Let's behave courageously and the Lord will be with us. What do you say? Now, Jehoshaphat, great king, wonderful king, good king, but he did make some mistakes. So we learn from people's, from things people do good, but then we also can learn from the mistakes that they make. And so let's, uh, let's learn from the mistakes that Jehoshaphat, he, good king, wonderful king, but he made some mistakes. And, and the mistakes that he made, he, see, he was a good diplomat, but the mistakes that he made is he made some alliances with the wicked kings of Israel. And that was Jehoshaphat's biggest mistake, is that he made alliances with wicked kings. We need to be watchful of who we associate with, who we get into business dealings with. You understand what I'm saying? You need to be very watchful of who you uh, get into, uh, who you do business with. And he was doing business with with some wicked people and it didn't please the Lord. Look at Second Chronicles 18.1. Second Chronicles 18.1 said Jehoshaphat had riches and honor and abundance and by marriage he allied himself with Ahab. Now remember Ahab, we talked about him last week. He was a wicked king there in, in the northern kingdom of Israel. And, and so what happened is Jehoshaphat had his son, Jeroham, if that's how you say it, J-E-H-O-R-A-M, Jeroham, Jehoram, Jehoram, I guess, Jehoram, marry Ahab's daughter to bring about good relations with Israel in the north. But as we saw last week, of course, Ahab was an evil king. And, and it's interesting when they got, they made an alliance, and we talked about this last week, but I'll just reiterate just briefly. Uh, Ahab wanted to go up against Syria, uh, but before they did, remember, uh, Jehoshaphat wanted to seek the Lord. And uh, Ahab called in, a, you know, just a whole bunch of false prophets, and they prophesied success and victory in this battle. 
But then, then Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a prophet of the Lord around? Remember they brought in Micaiah and Micaiah came in and, and, and he prophesied accurately and he said that, that, that the, uh, the battle would be lost by God's people and so on and so forth. And, uh, and so, uh, it's interesting in the, in that battle. Now we looked at it last week more from Ahab's side, but this week I just want to mention one thing uh, from Jehoshaphat's side. It, it's interesting as they went into this battle that, uh, the Syrian captains, see it was Ahab and Jehoshaphat against Syria and Ben-Hadad in Syria. And the Syrian captains, uh, were told by Ben-Hadad to go after Ahab. Now, Ahab disguised himself when they went into the battle, but he told Jehoshaphat to wear the royal robes. Now, you know, that's a sign of a coward, isn't it? And so Ahab was really a coward at heart, and he disguised himself, but he told Ahab, I'm sorry, Ahab was a coward at heart, and and, and, and he wore a disguise, Ahab did, but he told Jehoshaphat to wear the royal robes. So I guess so they'd they'd go after, the the Syrians would go after, after him. After, after Jehoshaphat. And so it's interesting, uh, the Syrians, now, now watch this, the Syrians were closing in on Jehoshaphat because Ahab was disguised. And the Syrians were, they were closing in on Jehoshaphat and they thought he was Ahab. And, uh, but remember, Ahab was disguised. So there's Jehoshaphat in his royal robes. The Syrians are coming after him thinking it was Ahab and so on. Much we could say. But, uh, Here's what Jehoshaphat did. Now, this is really good. This is a good lesson. Second Chronicles 1831. 2 Chronicles 1831. So it was when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat that they said, it's the king of Israel. See, they thought it was Ahab. Okay. And uh, therefore they surrounded him. They surrounded Jehoshaphat to attack him. But notice what Jehoshaphat did. He cried out. Of course, he cried out to the Lord and the Lord helped him and God diverted from uh, him those attackers. Isn't that wonderful? So so what's a good lesson here? If you're ever surrounded by the enemy, uh, cry out to the Lord and he has a way of diverting the attackers. Amen. Absolutely true. And uh, I, I like the way the New Living Translation says that God turned the attackers away from him. And it was because Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord. And you know, as I said last week, Ahab, he was disguised, but remember, he was hit with that random arrow and he died and, and we talked about that last week, but I wanted to look at this from Jehoshaphat's side this week. I, I mean, Ahab was so evil that, uh, uh, that, that, I mean, he, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm tempted to go back, talk a little bit about Ahab, but I need to stay on task here with Jehoshaphat. But, but Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord, and, and the Lord diverted the attackers away from him. So just remember that if you're ever in a tight spot, do what Jehoshaphat did, cry out to the Lord, and the Lord will, he'll rescue you. And, uh, anyway, but it's interesting, after this battle, now Ahab was killed, and Jehoshaphat was, was protected by the Lord, and he returns back home, Jehoshaphat does. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's interesting, go to 2 Chronicles 19, verse 1, 2 Chronicles 19, verse 1, uh, because see, Jehoshaphat, 
he shouldn't he should not have allied himself with Ahab. He shouldn't have done that. We already said that. And uh, but but he did. And, and there was a defeat. There was a defeat. Ahab was killed. Jehoshaphat could have been killed if he hadn't cried out to the Lord. It could. You know, it can cost you your life if you get involved with the wrong people. Did you know that? I said it really can. It, or it could cost you your life if you get involved with the wrong people. And, and it would have cost Jehoshaphat his life for associating with Ahab and going into this battle, particularly when the prophet of God said, don't do it. Micaiah said, don't do it. You know, there'd be defeat. But he did it anyway. But you know, God's good. When we mess up, we, if we repent and cry out to him, which Jehoshaphat did, as we said, the Lord diverted the attackers. But notice when he comes back home, Jehoshaphat, Second Chronicles 19.1, I'll read it in New Living Translation. Uh, when King Jehoshaphat of Judah arrived safely home in Jerusalem, Jehu, now Jehu here, this was a prophet, went out to meet him. And here's what he said to him, speaking on behalf of the Lord to Jehoshaphat. Here's what the prophet said to him. He said, why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a question I wouldn't want the Lord to ask me. Would you want him to ask you that? He said to Jehoshaphat, why should you help the wicked and love those who, and love those who hate the Lord? See, Ahab was wicked and hated the Lord. Okay? It's as simple as that. And, and Jehoshaphat got in alliance with Ahab, and in so doing, he was helping the wicked. He was helping the wicked and, and loving those who hate the Lord. And so that's a lesson right there. That was worth coming to church just to get that. I mean, we want to love people. Certainly we do, but we don't need to get into alliance with people that are evil and hate the Lord. And if we do, then we're helping the wicked and we're loving those who hate the Lord. So let's don't ever do that. And so he said, why, why should you, the prophet, you know, speaking for God. So God's speaking to, to, to Jehoshaphat here. Why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He asked the king. Because, now watch this, because of what you have done, that means he allied himself with Ahab, because of what you have done, the Lord is very angry with you. Well, I don't want the Lord to be angry with me. But you see, if we get in cahoots, I like that word cahoots, don't ask me to spell it, but if we get into cahoots, I don't know if it starts with a K or with a, with a C, K ka K A H O O T I S cahoots. No, but I'm not a speller, a math teacher. Used to be a math teacher, but not an English teacher. So you know what I mean, though. Don't get into cahoots with the wrong people, because it, the Lord was very angry with Jehoshaphat for getting in cahoots with the wrong wrong guy. I said the Lord's angry with you, but verse three. Even so, now, but there's good news here. Even so, there's some good in you. Well, you know, there's a lot of good in him. The new, the new living said some good, but there was a lot of good in Jehoshaphat. There's good in you, for you have removed uh, the Asherah poles throughout the land, and you have committed yourself to seeking God. So the Asherah poles, those were I idols. So, so what the Lord was saying is, I'm angry with you for what you did, but you, but there's good in you. And you've done good, you've done good things and you've committed yourself to seeking the Lord. So, uh, he was, Jehoshaphat wasn't punished. I mean, he was rebuked, but he wasn't punished, you know. Some of these kings were not only rebuked, but they were also punished. But, but uh, he was rebuked here, uh, but he wasn't punished. But again, you know, we, we have to watch who we align ourselves with. I, one good example that I thought of was, does anybody remember It's a Wonderful Life? 
Remember that? And remember Jimmy Stewart there at one point, you know, George Bailey. Remember when Mr. Potter called him in and offered him, you know, a job making what, what was $30,000 a year? And back then, that was, I mean, that was, that was a lot of money back there then. I mean, that's like offering you probably 300000 a year. Uh, uh, any takers on 300000 a year, you know, now in this hour. But, and then, you know, like two weeks vacation trip to Europe, you know, and Jimmy Stewart, when he was offered that deal by Mr. Potter, remember he had that cigar that Potter gave him in his mouth and the cigar fell out because he was so excited about making all that money. How many remembers that? And, and, and he was just about ready to shake hands with Mr. Potter. And just as he went to shake hands, he stopped. I'm glad he stopped. And he, and he stopped and he realized what Potter really was and how evil he was and how mean he was. And, 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 he, and he went off on Potter. And he said, no, I'm not taking your deal. And then he looked at his, 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 his butler there and he said, and that goes for you too. And then he opened the door and looked at all the people working for Potter. And he said, that goes for you too, you know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad he made that decision you see because if he would have got in with Potter it might have went good for him for a while but you know Potter was a criminal and Potter would have ultimately Jimmy Stewart would have been destroyed is that right now you know it's the truth ultimately what might have gone good for a while you know, maybe a year or two but after a while Potter wasn't out for Jimmy Stewart's good he was trying to destroy him you understand that and and so let's be careful and watchful that we don't get into cahoots with evil people and you understand? I mean, what does the Bible say? It says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Doesn't the Bible say that? And that's talking about us not getting in cahoots with unbelievers. But did you know the Bible also says that, that, that and, and this one here, a lot of people don't realize this one here, but I'm going to just take a moment uh, and, 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 and bring this out. It's, uh, if you want to note this, in 1 Corinthians 5.11, it's interesting because we understand that we're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers and 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 all of that. We we understand that. What fellowship has light with darkness and all of that. We understand that. Uh, now now that doesn't mean that we. I mean, let me say it this way: We ought to go around unbelievers. We ought to love unbelievers. We ought to share the gospel with unbelievers. But we shouldn't get into cahoots with unbelievers. You know what I mean? Run with them. You know what I mean? How many, you know what I'm talking about? There's a difference between being available to them and, and loving them and sharing the gospel with them. There's a difference between that and running with them. You understand? And so we understand we shouldn't be yoked together with unbelievers. But also what a lot of Christians don't realize, 1 Corinthians 5.11, this is New King, uh, New King James says, uh, Paul's writing to this church in Corinth, and he says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother... Now watch this, anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. I tell you what, that'll limit your lunch list for after church on Sunday, won't it? <laughs> I, said, that'll li- I mean, that'll limit your lunch list, you know. There's probably a lot of Christians go out to lunch with people after service that they ought not even be going out to lunch with. You, you understand that? But what does the Bible say? Not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral, covetous, idolater. You know, you're, how are you an idolater if you let anything become more important to you than God? Uh, a reviler, a drunkard, or extortion, not even to eat with such a person. Think about that. So the Lord does not, it's not acceptable for us to be in cahoots with evil people. Even if they call themselves a Christian. 
So it's a lesson we learn. And the Lord was angry with Jehoshaphat, but he sought the Lord. So God rebuked him, but didn't punish him. Now, it's interesting. He also, Jehoshaphat, he, uh, after Ahab was dead, he made another, even after he gets rebuked here, he has another alliance, this time with Ahab's son. And uh, 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 notice here in Second Chronicles 20, verse 35, Second Chronicles 20, verse 35, a New Living Translation. Sometime later, King Jehoshaphat of Judah made an alliance with King Ahaziah. Ahaziah, that's how I'm going to say it. Ahaziah of Israel. Now, he shouldn't have done this. He'd been rebuked. Now, but he's going to do it anyway. How many of you, you know, you know it's wrong, but you do it anyway? Well, I think maybe we've all been in those shoes at one time or another, but... Uh, if we know something's wrong, we ought to do it. But he went and did it anyway. And he made an alliance with this evil king, son of Ahab and Jezebel. And uh, it says, the Bible says, who was very wicked. And notice together they, now watch this, together, this is Second Chronicles 20, verse 36, New Living Translation. Together, this is Jehoshaphat and uh, Ahaziah, Ahaziah. They built a fleet of trading ships, a fleet. They built a fleet of trading ships at the port of Izan Gebar. And then Eliezer, now this was Eliezer, a prophet. Now listen, he, he comes up here and he prophesies against Jehoshaphat. And he said, because you have allied yourself with King Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy your work. So the ships met with disaster before they ever were set out to sea. I mean, think about that. And so I, somehow or another, those ships were destroyed before they were ever set out to sea. And why was that? Because Jehoshaphat, he aligned himself with an, with an evil king, with somebody that was evil. And, 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 and so God destroyed their work before the ships even, they built them, but God destroyed them before they ever set sail. What's the lesson we're learning here? Do not get into alliances with people that, that don't love the Lord. Don't get into alliances with those people. And, and it's interesting while, while I, I, you know, we're going through all the kings here of, of, uh, of Israel and, and Judah, but it's interesting. Let me give you something on uh, Ahaziah that, that I think is interesting. He only reigned for two years. And at one point, he was in his upper room in his palace and he fell through the lattice. And he went down, he fell, and he, he was seriously injured. And he was injured so badly, he didn't know if he was going to live or not. He was terribly injured. And, he, and he, he lay down on a bed, and he sent men over to Ekron to seek out the advice of Belzebub, who's a, who's a, a idol, was the god of Ekron, but you know, no god at all, uh, really the devil, you know. But, but nonetheless, Ahaziah sought counsel from the devil, Belzebub, to see if he was going to live or die. Because he's laying on his, on his bed. And so anyway, as the men go over, listen to this, as the men go over to Ekron, uh, the Lord speaks to Elijah and says, intercept these guys and, and, and tell Ahaziah that because he's seeking counsel from Belzebub, uh, that, that he's going to die on that bed. He'll never come off it. And so those people go back over, back to, back to Ahaziah and says, you know, we ran into this guy and, 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 and they had described who it was to Ahaziah and Ahaziah says, well, that, that, that was Elijah. So what did he say? And, and they said, he says you're going to die, not come off that bed. And so 
Ahaziah got angry at Elijah. And he sends 50 people, 50 soldiers over to arrest Elijah. And when they got over to uh, Elijah, Elijah calls down fire and consumes them. And so uh, there must have been a couple of survivors. So they went back and told Ahaziah what happened. And he remains angry and he sends 50 more over soldiers. And Elijah calls down fire again and consumes them. Isn't that something? Remember when, remember when James and John wanted to call down fire? Remember that? On those people that didn't follow with the Lord Jesus, you know? And the Lord said, no, don't call down the fire. But they said, you want us, they said to the Lord, do you want us to call down fire like Elijah did? That's what they were referring to right here. And he had called down fire, hundred men just, just singed, I mean singed, you know. And, and so anyway, finally, then, then, then Ahab sends another group out. And this time Elijah, uh, he comes back and, and he, tells, uh, he tells Ahaziah that you're not coming off that bed, you're going to die. And he did. He died on that bed, never came off it. And he only reigned for two years. And uh, it's interesting then, uh, because he had no uh, heirs, because Ahaziah had no heirs, his brother uh, 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 assumed the throne. And his name was Jero- Jehor- Jehoram. Jehoram, that's how you say it. Jehoram. And this stuff gets a little confusing because over in Judah, I think they, and we'll get to it as we go, they had a, a king also named Jehoram. So it's, it's not, if it's not confusing enough that these names are hard to pronounce, then you get some of the same names in both Israel and Judah, then it really gets confusing. But that's why you have me, right? <laughs> to, to kind of un, make it unconfusing. But, uh, but anyway, Jehoram comes to the throne. His brother's dead. You know, we just talked about it, you know. And now he comes to the throne and, uh, and, and the Bible accounts him as, as evil. So he's evil. And, uh, he reigns for 12 years. And it's interesting, this guy, he is interesting with him. At times he served the Lord and at times he didn't. At times he served the Lord, at times he didn't. At times he was friendly to uh, Elisha, uh, the prophet, and at times he persecuted him. Sometimes he was faithful to the Lord, and other times he blamed the Lord for problems caused by his own sins. Um, he, he took steps to bring down Baal worship on one hand, but on the other hand, he observed the, the golden calf idol worship that was introduced by King Jeroboam. So he's wishy-washy. He's lukewarm, I guess we could say. He's got, you know, he's got one hand to hold to God and one hand to hold to the devil. I don't know. I don't want to live like that. Do you have one hand to hold to God, one hand to hold to the devil? You know, uh, <laughs> but that's how he lived. And 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 it's interesting. God displayed his power to him again and again and again and rescued him on on different situations and worked miracles through the prophet Elisha. But in spite of all of this, Jehoram Jehoram never fully trusted the Lord. Isn't that something? Something, isn't it? And, uh, uh, and, 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 and in fact, because of his sin, plagues would come on uh, Israel and so forth. And, and, and uh, when I say plagues, famines and whatnot. And they were wake-up calls from God, but you know, he never responded to those wake-up calls. Isn't that sad? And though he did, he did have some times where he did some good things, but he held on to the devil 
devil on one hand, God on one hand, but the Bible calls him evil. So what lesson do we learn here? If we think that we can hold on to God with one hand and the devil with the other, or let's say it another way. If we think we can hold on to God with one hand and the world with the other, God accounts us as evil. That's a lesson, isn't it? There's a lot of Christians think they can have one foot in the church and one foot in the world and they think it's okay. You know what I mean by that? What's in the world? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, you know. A lot of Christians think they can have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. One foot serving God and one foot out in the world. But if you do that, lesson learned here from, from Jehoram, God sees you ultimately as evil. So if you got one foot in the world and one foot in the church, get that foot out of the world and bring it over in the church. Repent and get yourself right with the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely. But it's interesting. Uh, just let me go on just a little bit yet. Uh, so, but guess what Jehoshaphat does again? Now he, he's aligned himself with Ahab, he aligned himself with Ahaziah, and guess who he's going to align himself with yet again? With this guy, Jehoram. You know, Jehoshaphat, as great as he was, as wonderful as he was, he was a little slow on getting the lesson that he's not supposed to align with uh, the wicked. But he did it anyway. And the interesting story here, he aligns himself with Jehoram there in Israel. And uh, and they also brought in uh, the king of Edom and they went up against the Moabites. And they went out in 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 into the wilderness, you know, to fight the Moabites. And a, a week, I think it was, came and went and they ran out of water. And uh, that's not good to run out of water. And they didn't have water for themselves and their soldiers and their their animals, you know, and whatnot. And so they were in trouble. And uh, and, and so uh, guess what? Jehoram, he he's blaming the Lord for for there's no water out here. He's blaming the Lord. You know, let's don't be quick to blame the Lord. How many of you know the Lord ain't did nothing wrong? He's never did nothing wrong. He's never he. But a lot of people get mad at God and God's he, he's perfect. He's never did anything wrong. But Jehoram, he's blaming God. There's no water out here, you know. And but guess what Jehoshaphat did? He wanted to seek the Lord. It just so happened that Elisha was in the area, in the vicinity, and so they sent for Elisha, you know, and not Elijah, but Elisha. And Elisha didn't want to come because he didn't have any use for Jehoram uh, because he was evil, but he found out Jehoshaphat was involved and he, he had respect for him and he went over. Well, actually, I, I don't know if he went over or not, but he sent the word and here was the word. He said, dig ditches there in the desert. He said, dig ditches and, and the Lord will miraculously fill the ditches with water. And you know what? I believe it was the next day they dug those ditches and the next day water came into those ditches. You know, God can bring water in the desert. Did you know that? I mean, we've seen him do that again and again. And, uh, and, and so they were able to be sustained with that water and, uh, Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and, uh, and Edom. You know, even when we mess up, God will still bless us and try to help us as far as he can. Did you know that? No, he doesn't want us to mess up. We shouldn't mess up. But even when we mess up, you know, the Bible says, even if we're unfaithful, God remains faithful, you know. And he still loves us even if we mess up. And Jehoshaphat just kept messing up, aligning himself with evil kings. But God helped them nonetheless. And he provided water for them. And, and then it, what else is interesting there, the next day when the Moabite army showed up, they looked out, they looked out over where the armies of God, uh, of, of, of Israel and Judah and, uh, uh, Edom were. And they saw the way the sun was set, it was shining. And they saw blood, those, those, those pools, uh, those, those ditches that were full of water. It looked like blood in the ditches. And the Moabites thought that Israel and, and Judah and Edom had gotten into a fight, you know, and killed one another. So they went down apparently unarmed to take the spoil. And because they went down apparently unarmed, uh, Judah, Edom and, and Israel, they slaughtered them. And uh, 
But I, I mean, God can work things out, can't he? And even in Jehoshaphat, he was, he was messed up here. He shouldn't have been in, involved with Jehoram, but God still blessed him. And I think he did it because Jehoshaphat was there. Because you know what? Jehoshaphat, good king, uh, uh, he did some things he shouldn't have done, but his heart was right. And, and God looks at the heart. Let's don't ever forget that. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And, and this man, Jehoshaphat, his heart was right before the Lord. And, uh, even though he made some mistakes, his heart was right and God blessed him. Now let's close with the, with this here. We'll close with this. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 20 and we'll close. Of all the lessons we can learn from Jehoshaphat, the one that stands at the top of the list, and I saved it for last, because it's, it's one of the most outstanding stories in all the Bible. One of the most outstanding stories. And it's right here in Second Chronicles 20. And I'm just, I'm going to read several scriptures, but I can't say it better than the Bible. So let, let's, uh, let, let's read here. Second Chronicles 20, New, New King James Version, verse 1. Now it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So now we've got a massive, massive army a bunch of them, several armies that have teamed up and they are coming to battle against Jehoshaphat and, and Judah. Then someone came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Hazazan, Tamar, and so forth, which is in En Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared, and now no notice, this, this is worth coming to church just to get this. He feared... And, and notice what he did. He feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. Now, you got to remember, he's got this massive army coming against him. And he's outnumbered and he doesn't have, it's, it's not going to be a fair fight. Judah's going to be totally decimated and destroyed. There's no question about it. And Jehoshaphat knows that. And, and, and he feared because of it, you know. Uh, but but what did he do? He didn't react to the fear. He set himself to seek the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And uh, and then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, and now on the next several verses, he prays a wonderful prayer to God. Now, I'm not going to read all that for the sake of time, but you ought to read, read that. Uh, don't read it now, but listen to me now, but read it later. It's a very wonderful prayer. But let's pick up in verse 12. He says, O our God. Will you not judge them? That's the, the, the armies coming against him. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't know what to do? And uh, so what do you do? You seek the Lord. But our eyes are on you. You keep your eyes on the Lord. And now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives or children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit, now watch this, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel in the midst of the assembly. So the Holy Ghost comes on Jehaziel, this man there, and uh, uh, comes upon him in the midst of the assembly. And he said, now the Spirit of God is going to speak to the people through Jehaziel, this man. And, and he said, listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's good to have highlighted in your Bible. But you got to do something to get that to be true for you. You got to set yourself to seek the Lord. 
And then he says, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Aziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the, the wilderness of Jeril. So God knows right where the enemy you know, is. God's always a step, God's always ten steps ahead of the devil. You need to know that. Don't ever forget that. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Those are the kind of battles I like. How about you? And position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and all Jerusalem, do not fear, be dismayed. Don't fear, don't be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites, or the children, of the, uh, and so on and so forth, uh, uh, children uh, uh, stood up, so, so the priests stand up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. You know it ought to get loud in a church when you're praising God, you know that? And, and so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness, of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you'll be established. Believe in his, believe his prophets, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. You've, you've heard that quoted time and again. Well, that's where that came from, from this story right here. And, uh, I, I tell you what, I believe God, and, and, and I believe his prophets, true prophets. I said true prophets. And how can you know a true, true prophet if what they're prophesying comes comes to pass and they're living right before the Lord and they've got a track record, you know, and much we could say about it. Uh, but but if you want to prosper, believe in the Lord your God. You know, there's a lot of false prophets in the land today. Did you know that? I'm talking right here in the United States. I'd say the preponderance of them, most of them are false prophets. Most of them. Most of what you see on television, false prophets. Most of them. False prophets. They've got a, they've got a, uh, they, they, they've got what's known in the land as a school of the prophets. A school of the prophets. Avoid those, saith the Spirit of the Lord. Avoid them, for almost all of them are false prophets and they have lying spirits in their mouths. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Be watchful of them. Be careful of these people that get together and call themselves prophets and schools of prophets and they're going to teach other people to be prophets and, and they're calling themselves prophets and schools of prophets. Be watchful. Be careful of that. Most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. But I tell you what, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to believe his true prophets and I've done that over the years and I tell you what, God's prospered me as a result. Glory to God. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should... Now watch this. Now they got a big army coming again. And he consults with the people and appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and, and, and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So what are they doing? They're not putting their, they're not putting their spears and their this and that at the front. What are they putting? They're putting the praisers out at the front. Glory to God. They put the praisers out. And, and, and when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, uh, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. See, I tell you, there's something about praise. There's something about praise that will thwart the enemy. I'm just telling you that there is. There's something about praise that will thwart the enemy. And, and that's what they did here. They put the praisers out front, and God, when, when they're praising God, God set ambushes against the enemy. Glory to God. How many of you know that on top? of everything else, uh, that'll freak the enemy out, won't it? When they, when 
they see a massive army coming up against you and you got the praisers out there? I mean, that'll freak them out just in the natural realm, won't it? I mean, even if you don't have God helping you, that'll freak them out right there. But I tell you what, they had God helping them to boot. Isn't that wonderful? And that's the thing that really counted. And he said ambushes against the people, uh, uh, the enemy. So, so the people of Ammon and Moab stood up uh, against the, uh, the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they'd made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when, look at verse 24. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So now is, uh, Judah's looking at the enemy, this vast enemy, and they're all laying dead. Isn't, isn't that something? Isn't that something? And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, uh, they found among them an abundance of valuables on dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves uh, more than they could carry away. And, and they were three days carrying the spoil because there was so much. My goodness. I mean, now just think if they hadn't set themselves to seek the Lord. But they did. They sought themselves to seek the Lord. They did what he said. They put the praisers out front. God set ambushments against them. And what happened? If you read this, the confusion came among the enemy. I tell you what, if you want to confuse the devil, just start praising God. Just start worshiping the Lord. Start praising God. And that'll, that'll throw confusion into the enemy camp. I tell you what. And that's what happened here. And I tell you what. The enemy turned on one another and they destroyed one another, you see. So that's what you do when you got a vast, vast problem coming against you. Just start praising God and worshiping God. I mean, there's some natural things you got to do, all right? But praise God. Worship God. And I tell you what. He can throw confusion into the enemy camp and they'll turn on one another. They'll devour one another. And all you have to do is you stand still. And let God do the fighting, and you do the let Him do the fighting, and you do the praising. Amen. You do the praising, He'll do the fighting, and then you show up, and all you got to do is collect the collect the spoil or the goodies afterward. Can you say Amen to that? Glory to God. And there was so much; it took them three days to collect up all the, all the spoil. Now you know when that word first came to Jehoshaphat, he probably didn't in his head think that he would be collecting all that spoil in, in just just a short time. But he did because he had a right heart. He sought the Lord, and 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 we just read what happened. Glory to God. And on the fourth, verse twenty-six, on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Barak and so forth, and 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 they had a big praise service. You know when God does something good for you, you know, I mean, you ought to praise Him on both sides of the bat. Is that right? Uh, uh, and a lot of people, you know, uh, they'll, they'll praise God on this side of the battle and then God will come through for them and then they forget to praise him on the other side. Well, praise God on both sides of the battle. Praise him before you go into it. Glory to God. And then let him do the fighting. And then after he gives you the victory and you get the spoil, then praise him on the other side of the battle. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. And uh, so on and so forth. And uh, it was just a wonderful thing. And... Uh, and then in verse 30 said, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around. Praise God. Well, I tell you what, I'm glad I came today. I, we learned some good lessons here. Good lessons. Seek the Lord. Keep him first. And he will bless you. Hey, if uh, you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to invite you to repent of your sins and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you'll do that, you'll miss hell. You'll make heaven when you die. And he will make your life 
worth living in the meantime. And hey, hey, learn a lesson today. Seek God. Watch who you're aligned with and seek the Lord and he'll bless you. He really will. God bless you. Bye bye.